You know, life, as we all know, is always about making choices, isn't it? And granted that some of the choices that we make are easy to decide on, while others may be more difficult to make. From daily activities like what to eat and what to wear, you know, to major ones like whom we're going to marry or the career path that we're going to take, in all of these choices that we have to take, we have to make a stand and make a decision. Recently, my youngest daughter, Evangeline, had to make a decision for herself. You see, being her PSLE year, she has to decide which secondary school she wants to apply for in the new year under the direct school admission. Should she enroll with Tamasek IP? Should she go where Biki is at Dunman High? Or maybe she should join her father here in Anglican High? Tough decision, but she has to make that decision. My oldest daughter, Bethany, also recently had to make a decision. She had to decide if she wants to enroll on a five-month YWAM course in the UK or to start interviewing for a job and enter into the workforce. For many of us, the holidays will soon be upon us, and we too have to make a decision. As a family, where do we want to go? Where will we be heading for a break at the end of the year? Japan? Korea, if the U.S. is too far, maybe a place in Europe. Or if you don't like the coal, well, maybe you can decide on Australia or maybe in New Zealand. And you find also that our Christian journey also requires you and I to make tough choices along the way. Do I want to get baptized now or do I wait later to next year? Do I want to belong to the family here in All Saints or join some other church down the road. In the gospel passage that I just read a while ago, we see Peter and the rest of his fellow disciples making the decision to leave their career, their family, just to follow the master. Now, you, you will realize that in all of these choices that we have to make, we cannot afford to remain passive in our attitude. For example, whichever school my daughter chooses, she must intentionally involve herself in the school's activities and life. She cannot just want to apply in this school and then, you know, not get involved in all the, the activities that the school has to offer. Similarly, whichever country is the destination for a holiday plan, we want to soak in and immerse ourselves into the culture, into the history, and of course, the food. And if we decide that we want to remain here in all saints, to make all saints as our home, then we must align ourselves with the vision, participate in the program, join a cell group, attend regularly for service, engage with fellow members, and not be visiting other churches as in the norm nowadays for many people. You see, if we choose to follow Jesus, it must be all the way. And so in our final session today, as we start now in the last chapter in the book of Joshua, we have now this particular passage today where we find Joshua urging the people of God in his farewell speech to make a critical decision in their lives. Whom will they choose? He put this question to the, to, to the people of Israel, whom will you choose? Will you choose God or will you choose the foreign gods? 
Now, you might think that this is kind of a, should be a rather straightforward decision, isn't it? After all, the people of God had experienced uh, uh, the power of God in the conquest of Canaan. They had witnessed firsthand Yahweh's power in the defeat of the most difficult of opponents. Surely, it should be very clear as to whom they will be following. Especially now that the tribes have been located, their allotment, and they're now settling down the land with their families. So why did Joshua pose this challenge to the people? What was the reason for this question? Well, if you look into the Bible, you find shockingly as it may seem, the passage here appears to indicate to us that there were some of them who were still secretly worshipping idols. Don't believe me? Look into the Scriptures. In fact, Joshua said this three times. In verse 14, he told the people, put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt. In verse 20, he won a second time. He says, if you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after having done you good. And then finally in verse 23, Joshua repeated again. He says, then put away the foreign gods that are among you and incline your heart to the Lord, the God of Israel. Some of you today, you have attended Pastor Allen's uh, course on how to study the Bible. And one of the things that you will need to know when you study the Bible is when the Bible repeats this more than one time, it tells you that it's something important that you should take note. And here Joshua is repeating three times, telling the people, you better take note. Whom are you going to serve? You better choose wisely. You better choose correctly. You better choose the Lord. And you know, this shouldn't surprise us at all. Because the people of Israel kind of a way mirror many of us as Christians. Yes, we claim that we believe in God. We claim that, you know, God is our God. But yet, sometimes many of us, or some of us, we still have this secret sin. We still tend to, you know, not want to follow God wholly, wholeheartedly. We still have some secret sin. We still have some foreign gods, some idols that we still want to worship and hold on to. You see, the key point that Joshua wanted to make to the people of God, and I believe it is so for all of us here today, is very simple. As people of God belonging to Him, there can be no neutrality. Let me say that again. As people belonging to God, there can be no neutrality. And to be sure, Joshua wasn't suggesting in these verses that Israel could choose you know, which God they should worship. His point, as I read it again, is that they couldn't do both. It was either the true God or the false God. And they have to choose correctly. And it is a decision that they alone had to make. Joshua couldn't make it for them. The family couldn't decide for them. They alone had to make this choice to worship God and God alone. Now, interestingly, you find that years later, the prophet Elijah will also echo this same call to the people of God. We read in 1 Kings chapter 18, that after confronting and crushing the 400 prophets of Baal and Mount Carmel, 
Elijah then turned and challenged to the people of Israel with these harsh words. He said to them, how long will you go limping between two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if you believe that it is Baal, then follow him. I think the same question should be applied to all of us. If we believe that God is God, then are we following him wholeheartedly? Or is our follow of God, you know, kind of wishy-washy, you know, we're not quite sure? The challenge is we need to follow God wholeheartedly. Elijah was offering a choice to the Israelites to make, and like any decision, it is one that Elijah cannot make, for they alone must decide. And we find that it's not only the prophet Elijah who did this. You move on to the New Testament, to the gospel, you find that Jesus himself taught something similar in the Sermon on the Mount. Addressing to the multitudes, he said these words to them in Matthew 6, verse 24. You cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve God and money. So you see, to follow Jesus is total commitment. It is not a distraction. If you choose to follow God, it must be wholeheartedly. So which do you follow? Baal, the false god, or Yahweh, the true god? Do we worship money, or do we worship the Lord? Do we honor the Sabbath by attending church service, or we choose to stay at home and chill out? And if you don't realize by now, you find that making the decision to follow God, there's always this contention with the world for our commitment. The world will always want us to pull us away from this commitment of us to follow Jesus. And the thing is this, God will not force us into the choice that you make. Yes, you may claim that you want to be a Christian, but if you choose to follow the world, He will not stop you. But you have to face the consequence that follow. So there's the choice of the free will. And the choice is left entirely for us to determine. But here's the thing and the thing that we must be aware of. We must choose wisely. Because if we don't choose wisely, whatever decision we make, there will always be consequence or expectations. So if you choose, if we make the decision today to say that, yes, I want to choose God, I want to serve Him, then there are certain expectations that are expected of you and I. You see, Joshua put this very clearly in the opening verse as to what this expectation means. He says in verse 14, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in faithfulness. So if our decision is to serve the Lord and we choose Him, then we must serve Him wholeheartedly. We must devote our life to Him. Just as we expect our children to obey us, the Lord requires the same of you and I. And this expectation, this commitment, is not a short period of time, you know, like in a contract, you know, but it should be right now for the rest, the remaining of our life. And I stress again, it is a total commitment to follow God no matter what. And you find that in the passage, being the good leader that he was, Joshua set the example for the people to emulate. What did he do? 
Verse 15 says that he, he himself, in front of the people, he made this declaration. He says that, but for me and my house, you want to serve Baal, you want to serve the foreign God, you go ahead. But for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You see, as the head of the household, as the head of the Israelite community, Joshua announced his wholehearted commitment to serve God and serve God alone. But church, notice that he not only made the decision on his own accord, he also did it for his family members. And so at this point, I want to pose this question to the fathers and maybe also to the mothers as well, but more to the fathers. Fathers, as head of the household in your family, the question I ask you is this, are you setting, therefore, the correct example for the rest of your family members to follow? Do you show the correct example to your children by your faith action? If you claim to your family, to your children, that I'm a Christian, I'm a disciple of Jesus, but the thing is, is your faith active or is your faith inactive? Are you passionate for Christ or are you passive in your attitude and your lifestyle? Do you daily read the Word? Do you attend the service weekly? Do you willingly serve in the area that the church needs you to? You may have the gift of hospitality. You may have the gift of playing the instrument. And the church may need you to serve in this area. Are you willing to serve or are you going to hold back and say, no, nah, it's okay, I'm not going to do this. And the point is, if you don't do this, and you claim to be a Christian, let me tell you this. Your children will see this attitude of yours. And chances are, is that if you're not further for the Lord, when your children see this attitude, don't be surprised that when they're old enough, they will start to question their faith in God, and they may eventually turn away from the faith. So fathers, mothers as well, is your faith active? Your children are looking at you. Joshua showed the example to his family by showing the active faith and saying, yes, I believe in God, and I'm going to serve the Lord, and I will make sure that my family also does that. And you find that needless to say, <coughs> As we continue on in the passage in verse 18, that inspired now by Joshua's speech, we find that the people of God cry out in unison. They say in verse 18, Therefore we will also serve the Lord, for He is our God. Now let me say that, you know, it's very easy for, one, for, for us to say, for one thing for us to easily promise obedience to service to the Lord, but yet it is quite another to be actually be committed to be doing it. <coughs> Isn't that true? We can often say that, yes, I want to do this. The new year is coming. We can always make uh, our new year resolution. I want to do this. I want to do this. It's one thing to make that promise. It's yet another thing to do it. But let me also say that it's one thing to be sayers of the word, but not doers. And James 1.22 stresses on this important principle, isn't it, of not only being hearers as well as doers. And so the people, upon hearing what Joshua was going to do, they say that, yeah, we also will serve the Lord. But look with me now to verse 19 and 20. 
Joshua aware of this tendency of the people to deceive themselves because knowing that they still have secret sin in their heart, they are still worshipping idols. Joshua warned them with these stern words. He says, you are not able to serve the Lord. Why? Because He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgression of your sins. And then he adds that if you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after having done you good. So what was Joshua doing here? He was not discouraging the people. He was telling them, yeah, sure, you want to follow the same example, do it. But be warned. Be warned that I know, God knows of your secret sin. Be warned that when you say that you want to do this, you commit yourself, you commit wholeheartedly, be ensured that you do not worship the idols. Why? Because Israel was married to Jehovah, and being married to Jehovah, God would not tolerate any rival. Why? Because God is a holy God. God is a jealous God who will not permit a divide in loyalty. And so when Joshua told the Jews that you're not able to serve the Lord, he was merely pointing out the reality of the situation. Joshua was warning them that if they refused to get rid of the idols, they would indeed not serve the Lord, but instead be forsaking Him. So whom will you serve? Whom will you follow? Serve the Lord or serve foreign gods or idols? Who you select will have certain implications in your life. Choose well and you will not regret it. Choose poorly and you have to face the consequence. You know, in the movie Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, how many of you have watched that show? So few, ah. Okay, never mind. I'm going to show you a clip later on, okay? But in this show, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Harrison Ford, started starring as the main character, in one of the scenes, he had to choose the Holy Grail made by Jesus so as to scoop the water of life to save his father who was shot by the Germans and was dying from his wounds. Now, on display were many chalices, some made of gold, some made of silver, all with, uh, you know, uh, jewels and so forth. But he had to decide, he had to choose which one is the Holy Grail that Jesus used at the Last Supper. And so which did he decide on? Well, I won't tell you the answer, but I will show you the video, all right? So have a look at the video and I will come back again. You must choose. Choose wisely. Whereas the true grail will bring you life, the false grail will take it from you. I'm not a historian. I have no idea what it looks like. Which one is it? Let me choose.
certainly is the cup of the King of Kings. So as you watch the show, you'll find that there's some spiritual truth, isn't it? Isn't it? If you choose poorly, if you choose to follow the ways of the world, if we choose to follow worshipping idols and foreign gods, we choose poorly. And in a sense, we end up as what the video has shown. We end up being dead. We end up not having that resurrected life. But if we choose wisely, if we choose to follow God and God alone, we have that eternal life. So let us be wise in the choice that we have to make today. And as Joshua made the decision to declare his allegiance and to, and to serve God, I think it's appropriate that as we end this series in the book of Joshua, that we all do the same right now. And so in closing... As application, before Turchi comes up to lead us in the closing song, let us as a church, let us stand to make this declaration unto the Lord. Shall we? Let's stand. <laughs> the declaration is found up in the screen and together. Let's decide that today we will serve the Lord, we will give our wholehearted commitment to the Lord. So together, let us say, we, the family of All Saints English, in unity and purpose, gather as God's redeemed people to declare our unwavering faith in Him. We seek to serve Him wholeheartedly in our daily lives, within our families, communities, and beyond. 
we hold to the Bible as the inspired and infallible Word of God and so desire to live our lives in accordance with the moral and ethical standards set forth in the Holy Scriptures. We commit to listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit as He guides us in all aspects of our lives. Next, we strive to be a reflection of God's love, grace, and mercy, being representation of Christ to those around us. So may our action and words be a testimony of God's transformative power that the world may see our good works and so glorify our Father in heaven. So Father, we thank you that, Lord, your word has spoken to us that just as Joshua made this commitment, this declaration that he and his household will serve the Lord. Lord, I pray for each and every one of us here today, though some of us may not be here, but we say this in proxy, that Father, as a church of God, we, we ourselves want to dedicate ourselves, we want to declare that we want to serve you and you alone. So Father, help us to keep this commitment, this declaration, so that we may glorify your name so that the church may continue to grow. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We pray all this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We continue to remain standing as part of our dedication to the Lord. Let us sing this response song. Stretching. 